0: this is fitz and harry on espn radio and on sirius xm channel 80. Put my name up in the trust me we have
1: plenty of nba finals to break down we have the quest for the cup to continue to break down but we all know that all eyes are already on the nfl as we get ready for the off season the summer and the beginning of the chaos when it comes to who can compete with who in a wild AFC. It's Fitz and Harry on, a- on ESPN Radio, ABC apparently. I just put us on ABC. You're welcome, Harry. We got a promotion. Uh, we're on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM, Channel Lady Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. And it's funny because I've said this before. I'll say it again, Harry. I don't think there's a dip- more difficult team in the entire NFL to predict right now than the Miami Dolphins. Like, it's so simple to say they have a wild amount of speed. They have a wild amount of talent. They have a wild roster. Like, you go up and down. I trust their head coach. I trust their entire team. I don't know what I'm supposed to think about the quarterback position, not about whether Tua can play, but about whether Tua can stay healthy. And it's certainly fair to think that the doctors around the team and around the human being have told him he's fine. Otherwise, I don't believe he'd be back. But also... How do you know? It's hard to figure out what to make of Tua because the injuries we've seen are so jarring to our mentality. I just don't know how I'm supposed to predict what's next for Miami. I think in
2: 2023, some things offensively, um, particularly their run game, is going to help Tua Tunga Valo in that offense. Right? I think they're going to thrive more so in, in that capacity. Because we know at Mike McDaniel, what he did when he was in San Francisco and what he was uh, in control over. And I say that because year two on this offense, that's when everything and all the pieces really start to come together. It'll be year two, two for everyone there uh, outside of the free agents and, you know, the draft picks that they have. But enough guys for the offense to take a step. Now, Tua's health is going to be predicated, I think, a a lot on Miami's success this season. But I think it was also going to help that you have a solid defense from your defensive line and bringing over guys in David Lone Jr., trading for Jalen Ramsey. So now you have two number one corners. You have two solid safeties in Holland and Deshaun Elliott. But I'm up here looking at their roster and two people that I'm going to point out fits that not not a lot of people are going to, why are you pointing those guys out? Jalen Twyman, who played at Pittsburgh, right? And the COVID year, I believe he set out the COVID year, but before that, he was projected to be a first round draft pick. And when you think about Pittsburgh, you think about Aaron Donald, you think about the pass rushers and the D tackles and the guys that followed Aaron Donald in those regards. I think Jalen Twyman can be a guy that can really, you know, relieve a Christian Wilkins and give him a breather. In Agba as well, but there's one more other person, Shannon, Um Tenno from the University of Georgia. He played meaningful steps at Georgia and helped them win national championships. So those are two guys on their defense that not all the people are talking about right now that I think can help this defense be that much uh, more better in 2023 on top of the dogs that they have on that side of the ball.
1: He's Harry Douglas, I'm Jason Fitz, and we're joined now by Lewis Riddick, ESPN, NFL front office insider. Lewis, having a bit of a conversation about the Dolphins, and I want to talk to you mm. just about the health of Tua. Like, for me, it's really hard to know what to project. So I know you're high on the Dolphins. How do you mm. sort of deal with the health issues around Tua when you project what to expect this season?
3: <laughs> um, I keep my fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that he doesn't. I mean, and that's not that, that's not making light of. You know the seriousness of some of the issues Tua has had with concussion, so that's that's not a joking matter, and I think we all understand that. But like honestly, have you seen Tua? Have you seen how he looks? You see how he bulked up this off season. I mean, he looks like a like a bodybuilder. I mean, he's so so much thicker now. I don't know how much weight he's actually gained, but some of the pictures. That, so he's trying to take care, do everything that he can within his own power to take care of himself and make sure that he stays on the field. You know. I always say at a minimum 15 games this year and then be healthy for the playoffs. You can't miss more than two. You, you got to stay on the field. If that is the assumption I'm working with, working under Miami's winning the East, man, they just are. They're too explosive. They got too many backs. Their running game is efficient as hell. When Mike McDaniel decides to call it, when he says, Hey, look, it's third and third and one third and two, we're averaging seven yards a pop. I'm just going to go ahead and run it for this first down. And then I'll get back into all my gadgetry and wizardry with my wide receivers. Things turn out good for him when he decides to say, you know what? I'm going to get in heavy personnel and I'm going to pull it, and run some kind of play action, single man route, max protect." tech, two it gets hit. And you know, the ball squirts out or it's, it's something goes wrong because that one route doesn't come open. I and mean, Harry, you know what I'm talking about. Then, yep. then all of a sudden it's just like, it's like, Mike, what are you doing? Just, keep it simple. You guys can run the ball, people. People don't think this offensive line is any good, but you can run the ball. Now you've got Raheem Mostert, now you got Jeff Wilson Jr., and you've got Devon A. Chain, and you've got Salvin Ahmed. Now they're talking about, you know, maybe Dalvin Cook going down there? Are you serious? <laughs> like, then when you turn, look over on the defensive side, and Harry, I heard you talking about Jalen Twyman and how they, they, have, they have depth. They have depth yep. up front in their front seven. They got guys who have played Okay? Chubb has played. Jerome Baker's played. David Long has played. Channing Tindall's played. Duke Riley's played some good football. Malik Reed's played good football. Ogba's played good football. I mean, these guys aren't even starts. starters. Van Ginkle, they played good football. On top of Wilkins and Rayquan Davis and Zach Siler. I mean, look, this team, this team, if they do, if, if Tua somehow misses, misses a significant time, then obviously everything could go off the rails. Now, Mike White is an upgrade for sure. And We've seen when, when Mike, Mike is streaky as hell, we saw what he did in New York. But this team, if somehow they can get the ball out of Tua's hands faster, rely on the running game a little bit more, don't put Tua in harm's way as, you know, as much as maybe you have in the past. Tua, get rid of the ball. Tua, do not sit here and hang and look for the bomb. All, you know, don't look for the deep shot all the time. Don't look for the big play. Just take the obvious play. If they can do that and he stays on the field, the sky's the limit for this football. I love this team. I don't know. Like I know why I love it. Some people think I have like some kind of weird fascination with this team. I just see a team that if I was playing against them from a defensive perspective, I played against guys who I know are way too fast for me. It scared the hell out of me. It makes you think different. You play different. When you, have guys, when you play against people who just physically are just more talented than you. I don't give it – I don't care about your, your technique. there's some, you, you can't do anything with Tyreek Hill. You can't, unless you're as fast as him, unless you're Dion, maybe. You can't do anything with Jalen Wild. So this team has it, man, and Vic Fangio is going to have these guys balling. I know people try to point out Vic's record against certain divisional opponents that they'll go against there in the East now, and they go, well, he lost to this team. It's like – He's not playing with the same guys, and he didn't lose the game. And if you're going to tell me it was because somehow, some way, he didn't scheme it up right, then that's fine. But half of the people who are saying this, you wouldn't even know half the calls he made against some of these offenses anyway, and whether or not it was his fault or the player's fault. So knock it off.
2: No, I agree. He's a great coordinator. This I wanna, team I wanna,
3: has me excited as hell.
2: I, I want to shift it to, you know, up in Chicago, <laughs> the, the Chicago Bears. Um, yeah. Justin Fields and what – You know the Bears front office have been able to do and surround him with. How do you think Fields will look being in the same system for the second consecutive year?
3: Harry, you know the answer to that question. Oh, you know I know. You know he's gonna (laughs) You know he's gonna like. I'll I'll bet right now in OTAs, he's like, "Wow, I don't have to start with day one install. I'm actually now building on last year. I'm now I'm I'm learning certain nuance within." Different personnel groupings, three, five step drop, different actions, you know, different situations, third down, red zone, two minutes, and again, I'm I'm fine tuning the stuff. I'm brushing up on the base, and now I'm fine tuning, and I'm fine tuning it with improved players with a DJ Moore now, with hopefully uh, Chase Claypool who wants to take it up a notch. Hopefully a healthy Velas Jones. Tyler Scott, a lot not more, you know, out of Cincy, a lot more juice to the wide receiver core. An improved offensive line. I'm looking over here going, Darnell Wright, I'm going, okay, I'm protected on that side. Braxton Jones, the left tackle, you're going to be better now this year because you understand the protections better. You understand what it's like to work, you know next to whoever's going to line up over there, which I mean, I hear they're projecting Kevin Jenkins, maybe moves to the left. So, I mean, there's this, there's so much more. You're starting from such a higher level now. And I I remember like my second year in Cleveland going through OTAs and minicamp, and Nick Saban's defense, when he was up there with bill was as complicated as any defense I've ever played in. And when I first got there, my head was swimming so bad. Like it took me all year to be able to go out on the field and actually not feel like I'm going to crap myself thinking, I'm just, I don't know what to do if people start moving. I don't know what the checks are. And then next spring, I was teaching other guys. I was teaching the new guys who were coming in, you know, undrafted free agents and stuff, what it was like because I, I, that year one, the year two, it's a real thing. And it's such a – it frees your mind up so much. You go out to practice with a whole different swagger to you. When they call defenses or call plays in the huddle, you have a whole different mindset. You already like, you don't even have to hear the whole call. You already know what it is. You're already looking at the defense trying to figure out, well, if it's this, I'm going to do that. If it's this, I'm going to do that. And on defense, if they move here, I'm going I'm to check this. If they move there, I'm going to check that. If they don't move, I'm going to tell my guys, You know, look out for this blocking scheme. Look out for this route concept. But like you're so far ahead. And for Justin, I can only imagine, it's got to be that times a 1,000 for a quarterback, man. So for him... And he's a talented guy who's a conscientious worker. It, the sky's the limit. It, it really is, because they really have improved this football team. And I know the Bears fans hated me last year when I said, in the preseason when they played Seattle, I said, you know what, this team probably, if you if gun to my head, I, I'm going to say that they're going to have the worst record in the league. Man, people said some stuff to me that isn't, even, that isn't suitable for young children. And yet, they stunk. I think this team... Can make a huge jump, and Justin Fields in particular. Uh, if he don't have a chip on his shoulder, I don't know who will. Because some of the stuff that people were saying about him, even last year when 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 uh, when Luke started getting him going a little bit, it was still like oh, he's not good enough. He's just a running back playing. Court. It's like, yeah, man. There, there's so many cool storylines. I can't wait to see how they pan out. As
1: always, my friend, we appreciate your time. I love listening to you talk about it. Can't wait to. Uh, can't <laughs> I wondered
3: t- if you guys fell asleep over there. And no, no. Like, oh, just let him. Uh, but no, on on.
1: It's a, you come in. Like I'm telling you, one of my life goals this year is for to sit down in a room while with you and Harry and just watch some ball because the way you guys talk about breaking all this stuff down makes all of us smarter. We're, Look, we're, I
2: was I was laughing uh, at the fact because I had a, my coach tell me my rookie year, man. Do you know what you're doing? You just run around like a ticket with your damn head cut off. But that's the difference between (laughs) having to look at a script before practice and then your second year, you don't need to look at no damn
3: script because you you
2: understand the concepts of what's going on out
3: there. Exactly. Hey, man, there was nothing more stressful my first year in Cleveland than practice. And knowing that Nick was sitting there just waiting, just waiting to pounce on me every single time.
1: It is one of the coolest things for me about working at ESPN is listening to you guys talk about it because I think most people have no idea what goes into all of this. Lewis, I appreciate your expertise as always, brother. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Got it. Thanks. Louis Riddick. Follow him on Twitter at L ESPN. I'm telling you, you haven't lived until you've sat in a room, and I've been lucky enough to do it with Harry. I've done it a little bit with Orlovsky, with RC. When you when you sit with guys in the room that played the game and they start explaining the 47 things they're looking at in two seconds of time, it reminds you how smart these guys are. I love every second of it. Coming up, is Nikola Jokic not actually the head of the snake for the Nuggets? Huh. We'll tell you about it next. Fits and Harry on ESPN radio.
2: Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
0: Harry Douglas is HD to everyone. Uh, That's exactly how we know it. But what's HD to Harry?
3: This is actually going to be interesting.
0: Let's play. Is that HD to you?
1: Is it HD to you? Is it crystal clear? Is it like sitting on your couch, looking at a TV and realizing that you've got high def in front of you? It's a simple concept. Is the statement wildly clear? If so, it's HD to our own HD. If not, it isn't. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Is that HD to you? So we'll have, a, we'll have producer Devin come in. And give us a statement. And then uh, after the statement, Harry will decide if it's HD to Harry. And then I will flippantly either tell him if he's right or wrong, like I have some authority in the entire process. Devin, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. You feeling good? You got that energy? Feeling great. Could you give us Monday, a little, baby. I want a little bit more like a, like a, like a like give me some sort of a roar, like a roar. Uh, something <laughs> that's just going the world on over you. here. I'm bro. ready. <laughs> I just got, okay.
2: <laughs> How was that?
1: Yeah, so look, I just let uh, me I'm,
2: hear it one more time, Dave.
1: I'm ready, okay. Bro- I'm sorry, what? take a breather. I did
2: that. that that's <laughs> my can we get fault.
1: to the question? Okay, fine. Go ahead and make your statements. For example, is it HD to you that Devin's roar isn't very scary? Yes, go ahead, Devin.
0: All right, anyways, <laughs> is it HD to you, HD, that Michael Malone made the right call not calling a timeout during the final possession last night?
2: Yeah, it is HD to me, it is very clear. Um, the only thing I would say about that last play is that I thought they would have pushed the pace a little bit more. But I mean, Jamal Murray with the ball in his hands, Nikola Jokic, those, both of those guys have been phenomenal in late game situations. Um, it just happened that the switch had Jimmy Butler. Guarding Jamal Murray and not Gate Vincent or anyone else, you probably want to put into that action, but I'm I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah, I'm okay not calling a timeout. So I think that that, that I think that makes a lot of sense. I agree. So far, we are on the same page about what is HD. Go ahead, Devin. What do you got for us? Next? All right, Harry.
0: Is it HD to you that limiting Nikola Jokic's assist opportunities is the
2: top priority for Miami Heat moving forward? This is not HD to me because. You know, I think their top priority period is going out there and doing what the Miami Heat do, and that's Heat culture. That's hustling. That's giving all your energy, making your open shots, being able to rely and count on one another. Now, I do believe there's a formula that they do have that, you know, the more you can force Jokic to be in a score, the better you would be. But I think the top priority is the Miami Heat doing what they have to do first and then Jokic is next on that list. So as top priority, it isn't clear to me. It isn't HD.
1: I totally agree, mostly because to the point we made earlier, they still gave up 108 points last night, right? So like their top priority better be to make all those wide-open looks they keep getting. That's the way the Heat are going to win this game not just from limiting the rest of the team uh, of not named Nikola Jokic, but also frankly from hitting wide open shots. They will have to do that. We're doing some, is that HD to you with Harry Douglas? High def, right? So is this a clear, crystal clear statement? Dev, what do you got for us
0: next? All right. Next up HD is, is, is it HD to you that Frank Vogel was the
2: best hire for the Suns? Ooh, this is a tough one uh, because you still had doc rivers out there on the market. Um, But I'm not going to sit up here and say Frank Vogel is just a slouch. So at the moment, at the time, I thought it was the right hire for the Phoenix Suns. The reason why, you know, Frank Vogel, when he was in the Eastern Conference with the Indiana Pacers for so long that he didn't make an NBA championship, it was because LeBron James and he ran into the Miami Heat damn near every time. But then when he went to the Los Angeles Lakers and had LeBron James, he was able to win one. So I'm going to go as HD.
1: Yeah, I, I think this is probably HD, although I will say, like, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, my God, they have Frank Vogel. How are you ever going to beat him? Like, I just – NBA coaches, we don't know. Like, it feels like one one man's trash is another man's treasure every single year. But, yeah, I'll, I'll bite on that. Uh, what do you got for us next? Dev, Dev, give this one a little pizzazz, like maybe greatest showman style. Well, like, I
0: can't really because I need to kind of explain it more than just the question fits, okay? <laughs> Is that okay with you? Okay. Okay. All right, anyways, HD, it's just you and me talking here. Steve Kerr was on Draymond Green's podcast, and he was describing the Nuggets. And he said, Jamal Murray is actually the head of the snake for the Nuggets. Is that HD to you that he's actually the head of the snake for the Nuggets and not Jokic?
2: Ooh, this is tough because they're definitely not in that position. They're definitely not in that position if Nikola Jokic isn't there. But it's HD to me because... Jamal Murray needs to be I won't say phenomenal, but he has to put his imprint on the game. We already know what Jokic is going to do. But Jamal Murray has to follow Nikola Jokic and also be that guy game in and game out. So I'm I'm I, I, this is HD to me.
1: It is not HD to me only because in my mind, God forbid one of the two were to miss several games. No Jokic, no chance in my mind because so much of the offense runs through him, even bringing the ball up the court, and so much of the facilitating runs through him. I still think that Jokic is the snake. It's also not HD to me that you couldn't have said, Steve Kerr said on a podcast like you could have given it some pizzazz. I mean, Devin, there's a very Evan performance of you so far. Like, it's it's not your best. It's not your wow, best. Evan catching
0: strays? It's not.
1: Well, not I here. mean, you know, it's not. I'm just saying this isn't your best energy. A punch. I'm looking for a little punch here. Give me a
2: punch. How Evan would have said it fits. Uh,
1: uh, it ain't
0: uh, <laughs> You got to stop. Okay. All right. We need one more, Fitz. I need your help with this. Okay, buddy? Okay. Travis Kelsey was asked if he thinks the Chiefs are a dynasty. Oh, my God. Just stay out of this, Devin. Here's, here's the way this goes: Harry Douglas,
1: Travis Kelsey said that the Chiefs are a dynasty. Listen to this from FanDuel TV's Run It Back.
2: I would say, yeah, we're the Kansas City has been a dynasty for quite a while now, and um, obviously I'm biased <laughs> to that. But I think that uh, what Coach Reed has done, uh, when you put it up against what the Warriors have done, obviously we don't have as many championships right now. So uh, we got some work to do. So I think Pat Mahomes is definitely going to find a way to get more than four championships. Hopefully uh, I'm still along for the ride uh, by the time he gets there. Harry.
0: Hey. Nope, nope, not you, Fitz. This is my time to shine. Uh-oh. Harry, is it HD to you? That the Chiefs are a dynasty.
2: Okay, guys. I'm going to go with yes, because in the five years that Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback, they've been to three Super Bowls, and they've won two. And they are the division champs every single one of those years. So I'm going yes. This is a me.
0: Can you be a dynasty when the teams you're beating twice a year is the Raiders for one? You know, is that like can you be a dynasty when that's
2: the team you're beating? <laughs> he feels them to see what you start at, Fitz. I,
1: I'm just curious what a Giants fan would know about a dynasty. Uh, nothing. Uh, but I will tell you this: two Super Bowls does not make a dynasty. Uh, are they becoming a dynasty? Yes. But in modern times, we have seen the Patriots be a dynasty, and right now this Chiefs run pales in comparison to what the Patriots have done. So they've got work to do. Are they becoming a dynasty? I believe so. Will they get the championships to make it to be a dynasty? Probably. Today, are they a dynasty? No. Just need to have that's how it's done. A little salesmanship, a little little pizzazz over here. Like you're over there selling me a used they Hyundai with a the AFC th-
2: Championship game every year.
1: Yeah, I mean, so they've only got two Super Bowls. Two Super they, Bowls isn't they, enough to been be a to dynasty. Three.
2: In in the five-year span that Patrick Mahomes has been a quarter star yeah, but, quarterback,
1: but they, they still got to win more to be a dynasty. They're they're on a really good run. I mean, they're on a really good run. I wouldn't say dynasty. I mean, dynasty to me is bigger than just two Super Bowls. If they had three Super Bowls in five years, maybe. But
0: eh. This is your Raiders fan I'm talking Okay.
1: Uh, no, it's easier for me for the Chiefs to be great. Then I can compartmentalize why. Like, hey, how do you beat a dynasty? Is Michael Malone not taking any responsibility in the loss? We'll tell you, but first, Harry has to tell you this about delightful, delicious, tasty Omaha steaks. Fitz and Harry,
3: the podcast.
2: It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN
1: app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Can't coach effort. Won't coach effort. Shouldn't have to coach effort. Especially, like, here's the thing. I'll buy it in February. You just had one of those days. I'll buy it in the middle of the regular season. You just had one of those days. What do you do when game two of the NBA Finals saw a team that has absolutely no NBA Finals experience as a franchise? And only one player that's ever been there before. Come out and lay an effort egg. It's Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Harry, this is the question because, to me, from the outset, Miami wanted it more. You could feel it palpably when you were watching the game. You could feel Miami come out and just basically say, we are going to out-effort you. And then, what was remarkable is Miami jumps out to a double-digit lead. Well, Denver makes it look easy for about 20 minutes of basketball tops. And all of a sudden, Denver has a double-digit lead. And then they took their foot off the gas again. It just looked like Denver at times checked out. And when you've got this opportunity and this moment and some of your guys check out, that's the sort of thing that raises the red flag of concern moving forward in a series.
2: No, it's definitely alarming because it's the NBA Finals, fits. Not anyone can just sit up there and have conversations with their friends, with their family members, with their loved ones and say, you know what? I was able to get to an NBA Finals. But here's the thing. You don't want the story to end there In telling them that you just got to an NBA Finals. You want to tell them, I want an NBA championship. That trip to the NBA Finals was one of the best things that happened to my life. So in order for that to happen, the little things matter. Boxing out on free throws. Not fouling three-point shooters. Taking care of the basketball. Not having 14 turnovers. Being locked in defensively, communicating, talking, you know, over communicating. There's no such thing as over communicating, but I must put it in there anyway. Over communicate, because I I think there's no such thing when you're on a basketball court and you're, you're 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 playing a team sport in which communication is warranted, is needed in order to be efficient from a defensive standpoint and also to be successful from a defensive standpoint. But for it to be the NBA Finals in the Denver Nuggets, the energy and the effort not there, it's mind blowing. Don't just be satisfied being here. Put your gab, put your put your foot on the pedal, put push it all the way down, and go 150 miles per hour. Don't be casual. Don't be casual. Speed limit 75, you know, and, and you want to go 40? Why are you going 40? You about to cause a train wreck? About to cause the people in Denver. To go crazy because they haven't had a national, ch- I mean, uh, uh, NBA champion in Denver ever.
1: I, I was watching in Vegas and I found myself screaming uh, another Harry Douglasism. Gotta choke him out. Like from the outset of this game, Denver had an opportunity, especially the way they won game one, a game that they dominated for the majority of that game. Yes, uh, some wide open looks were missed. But they dominated that game for the majority of that game. It, it knocked down to an 11-point win, but it felt bigger than that. I felt like Denver had the opportunity, especially when they were up by 13, 15, whatever it was in the second quarter. They had a real opportunity to, to, to just say, hey, we're going to end this series right here. We're going to beat this team by 30, and then we're going to go into Miami with them feeling like they don't stand a chance because it's a bad matchup. That was their opportunity. Instead, they take their foot off the gas. To your point. Miami out-efforts them. They went into the fourth quarter of this game, Denver did, with an eight-point lead. They went in with the last 12 minutes of this game with the chance to be up 2-0, going back to Miami with a statement that you are clearly the better team. And what did you get out of it? Nothing. Instead, you fold, and you let Miami have the best quarter of the entire postseason while you have one of your worst, and you just watched it happen. You got out hustled, you got out worked, and you watched it happen. You couldn't make anything happen uh, around any of the screens. You couldn't get your guys out there. You didn't play solid defense and you let it happen. That's the wildest part about all of this. Like Michael Malone, the coach of the Nuggets can question his team effort, but he's got to look everybody in the, in the eyes over the course of the next two days and say, man, 12 minutes left. You could have changed this outcome. You didn't.
2: Now I'll tell you this, the turnovers within the, those first three minutes, of the fourth quarter um, were outrageous. The Miami hit went, went on a 15-2 run. and But I got to give Michael Malone some credit during that little run. He called two timeouts within that span. He had to. Mm-hmm. He had to try to stop the bleeding some kind of way, but that didn't help because his team still wasn't locked in the way they were supposed to be, in a game two of the NBA finals.
1: That's the part of this. If this series goes the other way and Miami wins it, I think they're going to look back at the fourth quarter of game two and say, man, the team that wanted it more changed the entire outcome of this series. Denver needs to come out in the next game and make a statement from the outset to reassert their dominance. Otherwise, this could get out of control the opposite way quickly. All right. For all the NBA talk we've had here, the Vegas Golden Knights gave me a birthday present on Saturday. That's right. Specifically for me. They gave me a birthday present. And now, I've got some very raw emotions about it. Tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
1: I stand by it. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Can't blame anything on the alcohol tonight because I don't think I can put anything else in my system. Like, my system held up the white flag by, I don't know, midday yesterday and said, please, God, stop. So, you know, tonight I, I'm, I'm just going to have to to sort of lay low as I celebrate. But, Harry, I got a dilemma here because uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have game two tonight. I am back in Connecticut. I took the red eye so that we could uh, work together and, uh, and you know, do, do our jobs. You know me. Work always comes first. But I got the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. Here's the problem. I am uh, taking some people tonight to WWE Raw in Hartford. Like, so this has been planned for quite a while, and everybody wants to go to, to Raw. and made this commitment. We're going to Raw. It's, it's great. Like, uh, I've got a buddy at WWE, thanks, uh, hooked me up with some tickets, right? So, like, I got to go. The problem is game two is tonight, and obviously nobody would have known that back when uh, all of this was scheduled. So now, like, I'm going to be that guy on a TV taping for a WWE event where I'm going to have my phone out? Like, I, like I'm like i going to yell in the middle of the, 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 the XL Center. I'm just going to start yelling at something, and everybody's going to be like, what's going on? And I'm going to have to hold my phone. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. I can't act professional. Like, got to watch no, it.
2: Sometimes you have to do what you have to do, man. And I know how bad you want to go watch wrestling, but I also know how deeply you're in love with the Golden Knights, and you want that team... To do phenomenal, you want them to win the Stanley Cup Finals. You have to watch it on your phone. You yeah. have to watch it on your phone. And if you know a goal is score about to go to the Knights, yes, you outburst. That's what you do.
1: When uh, when there's a penalty on the other team, the entire arena just chants "shame" loudly. So if you hear somebody in the middle of the arena for no good reason on WWE tonight, just going "shame." Shame! That's me uh, in the moment on it. Uh, If Vegas has the chance to win the cup at home, right now they're up one game. Let's see if they can even win this series. But if they were to have the chance to win the cup at home, it would be the next, uh, after tonight, the next two home games would be next Tuesday or uh, a week from Monday. So the 13th or the 19th, these are weeknight games. It's going to require a big in and out. But Harry, I feel like, you know, if if there's a chance to win the cup at Vegas, I'm just going to have to keep going back over and over and over again, right? Like, there's no overstay my welcome at this point. Like, And if there's a parade, I intend to be involved in it, too. So, you know, I feel like I'm just going to have to book a bunch of plane tickets now and just sit back and hope. But also, I don't know, like, is that is that too early? Am I jinxing things if I book plane tickets right now? Like, do I wait and see how the... No, no,
2: no. I also say this to you when it comes to this matter. Since we're fraternal twins and, you know, we do a lot of things together, we... We think alike, we work hard, we have a show, Fitz and Harry, that I'm deeply in love with. I'm going to take that trip with you, my man.
1: Look at that, look at that. We're I'm going to take that trip with you. We're going, that's what's happening. I Like, you, me, T-Mobile, oh, I like, I, I feel Listen, like... Listen,
2: it was, it was burning me up inside that I couldn't be there Saturday in Las Vegas, but, you know, I had to go to Roddy... You know, it's having a, a a baby boy, and he had the baby shower, and my wife actually did like uh, did the baby shower, planning it in that whole nine. So, I had to go support him, and also had to go help her. Otherwise, I would have been in my little first class seat, mm-hmm. first right class. there to Vegas, mm-hmm. ready, right with you, partly uh, partaking in a lot of the alcohol that you had as well.
1: I I just I I just gotta tell you, Harry. Frankly, you could tell me you were there and I wouldn't remember the way that night ended. Like, got no idea. You could be like, man, really had a blast with you after the game. And I'd be like, thank you. That's awesome. You know,
2: got a little fuzzy after. I I, I also think it'd be better, though, if we went together, too.
1: Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Uh, Devin uh, was sort of monitoring social media. Uh, Devin, uh, better or worse, if we're there together, uh, like, are the posts going to get more off the rails or less off the rails over there together?
0: I hope more off the rails. That's better for social. media. better believe it. Okay.
1: Okay. All right. So, you know, because I feel like, A, if they have the chance to win the cup, you got to go out there. Uh, but B, if they win the cup and then there's going to be a parade a couple of days later, do I just stay in Vegas until the parade? Like, I feel like Well, that's I, I can't goes. stay for
2: that, boss. I got to go.
1: No, no. You. you. you
2: yeah, yeah, I got babies and a wife at home. You know, and, you know, I love being married.
1: Uh, well, I mean, I don't want
2: nobody else taking care of my damn kids. Yeah,
1: no, that that is that is uh-huh. a fair point. I, I feel <laughs> uh, like I feel like. You win the cup, you fly back, you work, and then you fly back out for a, uh, you know, by the time you fly back and forth. Connecticut, not an easy flight. A lot of work to do. All that to say, by the way, it was a 2-2 game going into the third. So, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, unlike as confident as I was in Denver to win the NBA finals after game one. All I can say is that Vegas won a great game. Uh, not only that, a great atmosphere. Also, a, a couple of great saves in that game. Like, there was a lot that broke Vegas Yeah, he'll, well. he'll had
2: two of them that... I thought were upper echelon, man. Yeah, I, I, like the, like the one that Kachuk um, could have had an assist on, and it was it was phenomenal. It, it, if if the, if the Golden Knights can win the Stanley Cup Finals, those two saves would probably go down in like in history.
1: Yeah, I think especially the one where he's sprawling across the front of the net. They're gonna play that. Forever, as greatest saves in Stanley Cup final history, it's going to be a great atmosphere tonight. Uh, hit us up with all your social media posts. I wish I were there tonight as well, but uh, I'll be there in spirit, and I'll be watching uh, from my phone, like uh, so many people do. Kenny and Carlin are going to be coming up next. I guarantee you, they didn't have as wild a weekend as we did. Thanks for hanging out for Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio.
0: You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to The Guy's live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.